Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 AM across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. And today, we're excited to be joined by Leslie Hawkins, a nurse and the Magnet Program Director at Chesapeake Regional Healthcare, for a conversation about working at Chesapeake Regional during the pandemic, cross-collaboration among the care team, and some national recognition for the Clinical Coordinator Nursing Team from the American Nurse Journal. But first, welcome to the program, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. So to start off with, May is Nurses Month, and uh, we're on the the doorstep of May right now. And the Clinical Coordinator Nursing Team at Chesapeake has been named as a third runner-up in the American Nurses Journal All-Pro Nursing Team competition in recognition of the team's successful collaboration. If you would, Leslie, could you just tell us about the work done by you and your team and your reaction to earning this prestigious recognition? Sure. We did a lot of strides to make sure that we kept our staff and our patients safe. I was actually going through my emails, and a part of my job is to recognize the hard efforts that our staff is doing. And so uh, I brought it to our leaders' attention. Hey, I think that we could have a chance at winning this, and uh, they were fully supportive. So myself and about six others in the nursing education office and in marketing and within the leaders, we put our brains together and we did some thought gathering and of all of the things that we did. I included emergency management facilities. Anybody that had a stake in ensuring safety and innovation and change during the the COVID pandemic, we brought all of those ideas together. And so for the article, we had to choose a team. And we really, it was so hard to choose a team because every single player stepped up. There was not one unit that shined over another. There was not one individual that worked harder. Everyone was putting in their max effort to ensure um, their safety and just showed pure dedication and loyalty to our community throughout the the COVID pandemic. And so we chose the clinical coordinators because they do shine and they were in the front lines with all of their staff and they helped bring change and they helped keep their staff going. And they represented one individual from all of the units. So it was important for us to recognize everyone and they were they were key players and it was just a really, really important time and we, we made a lot of strides in innovation and technology and change. Well, thank you for explaining that, Leslie. You've alluded to this in your response. We know the past year has really been challenging for so many people, especially frontline caregivers in a hospital setting. As you look back on the intense days of the COVID-19 pandemic, you talked about how everyone stepped up, but can you... Can you think about some some anecdotes or some examples of people really adjusting to those shifting conditions and also about the lessons or the takeaways that you and your colleagues have from that experience? Sure. To speak to our PPE, the Emergency Management Incident Command Team, they worked with the City of Chesapeake Fire Department, and we initially started with the hydrogen peroxide to help save and manage our, our PPE. We quickly adapted to the use of our Trudy machines, which it's a brilliant, innovative product that we have. And that helped with our PPE shortage, our nursing shortage. We did contract work. We were able to shift units, you know, because our ORs and all of our other offset areas were temporarily closed. We were able to reallocate our staff to make sure we had an like an all hands on deck approach. Wellness is everything. You have to be able to care for yourself to 
to care for others. So we looked for ways to help our staff cope. We created a Me15 room that was brought by frontline staff for frontline staff. We did wellness rounds. There were many, many things that we did. We created a DART team to help with difficult airways. And with the reallocation of staff, we were able to definitely help with organization. And with our daily changes, communications switched from in-person meetings to learning how to use WebEx and Zoom. And so we had a true technological advance within our organization as well. So it, it was overall an innovative, just daily change that we had to adapt to. Well, everybody's got to adjust on the fly, especially uh, in unexpected circumstances. It sounds like you and the team at Chesapeake really just did that. You mentioned this just a moment ago, but one of the big focuses of the hospital community in Virginia with support from the VHHA team here is on reducing harm and enhancing patient outcomes and improving patient and family experience of care. And as I said, you, you alluded to this, but I wonder what observations you have about how clinical collaboration efforts that you see at Chesapeake really help drive those outcomes outcomes and that those that improvement work. Sure. We worked with Bayport Credit Union to bring 20 iPads to the unit, and this allowed for face-to-face time with family members, for loved ones that were in the hospital, or to speak with our healthcare team. We, in the midst of not being able to hand out paper or give newspapers, we created peak pages, which we gave out iPads to, and we partnered with the uh, Chesapeake library system. So they had newspapers, movies, journal articles all at their fingertips. We did a lot to help with communication. And like I said, we we really didn't have the WebEx feature um, beforehand. So that played a key role for our Magnet Journey kickoff. We actually used Zoom to bring all of the meeting and the kickoff to the staff via web browser. So it just Things that we wouldn't have normally done, we were able to implement to increase communication. Our visitation policy adapted to the the vigorous changes with, with restrictions from the state of Virginia. So we were able to allow comfort measure patients to have their guest. If not, then we found ways to increase our communication. Our staff did excellent at finding ways to keep families and loved ones updated. And that's important even in a a challenging situation when there's a need for social distancing and, as you said, in modified visitation policies. But it's good to hear the steps that you and your team and your colleagues took to make sure that patients, even in those very difficult circumstances, could still either communicate with the outside world or could still consume information to really just improve their, their stay during, I'm sure, difficult hospitalizations for a lot of people. So I appreciate you sharing that and those observations, Leslie. And and with that out of the way, I do have a few other sort of more personal questions to give listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work you do. The first, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your final day on earth, what would your last meal be? My last meal? Every nurse would say pizza. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's nothing wrong with pizza. I'm a simple girl. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The next question is, what is one thing that you're really looking forward to being able to do in a post-pandemic world when people can start mixing and mingling and being out in public again together? Travel. I'm ready to get on an airplane and go far, far away to a beach. Okay. Or actually take my honeymoon. That would be nice, too. Oh, are you recently married? Congratulations. (laughs) Yes. Got married on Halloween. Oh, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Any particular beach destination in mind? Uh, No, just anywhere with blue, clear water. Okay. All right. Well, the final question I have for you today is, if you were stranded on a deserted island, 
what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Let's see. Hmm. Book would have to be, I don't know, I love romance novels, so really anything. Um, Movie would have to be, I don't know, I don't really watch TV a whole lot. Okay. I'm more of a simple enjoy the scenery kind of girl. I don't really rely on books or uh, most books I read are uh, healthcare journals. Okay. (laughs) You can can take one of those if you want. (laughs) There you go. And uh, what about an album? An album, uh, I would have to say 311. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I want to thank you for joining us today and for uh, sharing some of your thoughts and experiences with us. And with that, that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest. Leslie Hawkins, a nurse and the Magnet Program Director at Chesapeake Regional Healthcare, for being with us today. So thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>